0: what's up everybody welcome back to the world according to jcaps you got to admit that whether this show is good or sucks this intro can't be beat it's perfect and um anyway we're gonna fade that shit out and get to the show so glad to be still doing this podcast uh from my garage apartment in Long Island, and there not to be missiles falling all around me uh, because that's just the luck of the draw. You're born where you're born. And, you know, you can lament or feel blessed about that fact because wherever you happen to be could be a fucking hell or in relative peacetime, and so you make with it what you will. Uh, a lot of people have suggested that I talk about war this episode, and that sounds like a real fun topic that I can find a lot of uh, humor out of, because that's really what we want to do, right? So, yeah, I think I will talk about war, and I'll get to some of the other suggestions, too. There weren't that many of them because, well, you know what? I don't know. I think that, like... um as a running theme on this show, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to reach the people that may or may not be interested in the things I do. And I'll leave it at that. You could say that my pathway to reaching the public is a type of war. Uh, my, the type of war that I'm having with social media, that's a little war. Um, you know, because when anyone wants to do something in their lives. Let's say they have a goal. Let's say they want to have, let's say they, they are a kid, they're a teenager, and their dream is to become a doctor, right? Um, what the problem is, is that they're going to have to pit their own mind against all the information and hard work and dedication it will take to fit, to jam all of those textbooks and all of that knowledge into their feeble brains. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a lot of sacrifice and a lot of um, preparation and a lot of uh, failure. Probably, probably, it's not going to just come easy. You're not going to be able to take like a textbook of, let's say, organic chemistry and just uh, flick the entire book like at your head so that the pages fan and make a breeze toward your head and through obs- osmosis absorb that information it's probably going to be um, hard earned by uh, studying and then getting things wrong and feeling like you're experiencing ego death as your, um, as your expectation of success is uh, thwarted by the reality of not being able to know shit that it takes to become a doctor, so um, yeah. So I'm making like a little, uh, really heavy-handed metaphor of uh, a battle, right? Because of the theme of the episode is war, and um, I just gotta slap myself in the face and try to get in the game. You know what I mean? Get in the game of life, because um, I sometimes think that you know because I'm not because I'm not living in war, and uh, I think the general public, especially the um, the American people for sure, who we've been living through, at least on our shores, like we haven't had like a a war that affected us viscerally since probably Vietnam, I think. I mean, the Gulf War, as I was like an adult through the second one, and I was like a a kid in the first one... um, it was like something that was on TV, but it was not something that affected us in the way that Vietnam seemed to affect every type of music that came out during that time period. Like, if you listen to, like, uh, music from the 60s and 70s, and and even the 80s, um, and if you listen to, uh, if you look at the way that culture went from the 50s and 60s to, like, drug addicts and, like, people, like, trying to, like, escape the imposition of what war and how it affected the american people through the through vietnam like it transformed the culture like we went through like an incredible period of uh everyone like not like having extreme um negative reaction to having to be drafted and then being in a war that they felt was unjustified and then being shit on as they came back from that and uh it reflected in all throughout culture. So like when I was a kid, I would always think of like, oh wow, look how look how that um that experience changed the culture that we know of. I mean, before Vietnam, there was no punk music. Punk music is like a feature of like the 70s where like it's all about disillusionment the hip-hop too hip-hop and punk are like both like like uh cultural marker markers of societal societal disaffectedness disbelief in the institutions and rebellion like pure um i mean so is rock and roll uh but there's like something aggressive and something that rejects music itself About punk, punk music is like we are not even going to use music itself to make the music. We're going to like not learn anything about music because even associating with music is part of uh, the culture that we don't that we reject. In a similar way, abstract expressionism that came after World War II was a rejection of classical art because the nazis used uh classicism to um to create the propaganda they used graphics that were like of the classical art tradition and in a subtle way america whether and there's a there's a theory that um there's a theory that the cia propped up a lot of uh, uh, abstract expressionism i don't know enough about this but i know that the art The art world is one of the most corrupt bullshit um, institutions, and I don't not believe this. But I know for sure culturally that, like, we uh, embraced abstract and especially abstract expressionism because classicism was something that was like the bad guys used for their propaganda. And we were opposite than that. Um, So there that there's like a parallel in how punk rock is so i only bring that up because since that time our culture has not like especially american culture has not had um a war or anything that is that has like um transformed our personality our cultural personality in the way that it did at that time like for instance Sure. There's a lot of like um, placeholder um, cultural battles that are happening right now between the wokes and the not and the not wokes or between, um, you know, red and blue or between whatever, whatever like uh, battles or battle lines are being drawn culturally there. And there's plenty of them we're like living through this sort of like sea change of like uh changing of the guards and also like uh just really polarized assholes on both sides but um we haven't had a thing that is like a top down oh our lives are going to change like we haven't had a draft where um where everybody's got to go and fight a war and it's we we don't have a choice because it's conscri- it's conscription um that's a different that's a different thing that I assume if it would ha- would happen, we it would meet a lot of resistance. Um, I almost feel like if I get the sense that there's so little trust in the institutions right now that if America were in a situation where, like, I don't know, like Ukraine is in, I wonder how much people would... Um, would like have solidarity with each other to fight like a common enemy the idea of even a common enemy is like sometimes people will think of a a, a a think of like a bad guy and then in like so for instance i often think that uh like a more liberal minded person would see like what you would call like let's say putin like a common enemy and rather than being like no they're worse be like well, you know, America is as bad and then give a list of reasons which are probably totally valid. But in the situation where somebody has a knife to your throat, do you like say, "Hey, you know what? You should kill me because it's better. It's better that you kill me and kill everybody else because you know what? There's blood on my hands too." I don't know if that is like the pers- I feel I sometimes I feel like that's the perspective that people in this some of the people in this country have and on the other side there are people who are like yeah um i want to kill my fellow man so bad because of his because i disagree with him that i would gladly shake hands with the guy who has a knife to both of our throats because for some reason i don't believe that they want to kill me too because i hate myself so much so both of those perspectives that like um, that have like um, America fighting insularly with it with itself hate themselves so much that they almost will like um, will let like another well I mean maybe this is all this is all um, me riffing on the on my podcast I don't know if this is true but I get the sense that um, were a were something terrible and, like, overwhelming. Like, let's say the, the the existential threat of China, like a unified China that's like, hey, it's, it's our time to fucking take over the world. We'll team up with Russia. We'll do, like, an Axis power. We have our, like, retarded brother North Korea in there as well, and we're going to do it. I don't know. Like, maybe... I don't know who else would be part of that. Um, who knows? Like, let's just say instead of... It's, it wouldn't be... It'd be, like, the Axis 2, whatever. I, I almost feel like there are... I wonder if, if America would like um like uh would be able to stop hating themselves and like hating each other for like two seconds and be like, you know what? Maybe we're maybe like the world uh shouldn't be overrun by these powers who clearly don't give a shit about their people even more than we don't give a shit about our people. Uh we pay like what, like Sixty-five percent lip service to giving a shit about. Anyway, I mean, even the and and then even the utopian idea that a government cares about you is sort of like a sub. It's sort of like a fantasy, anyway, because the world is the jungle. Like, just because we have streets, roads, societies, stop signs, like, uh, like buildings that are based on Roman buildings that are governments, it's. A jungle. You could go outside and a, and a drunk driver could run you and your family over for no reason. And it won't even be on the news. Um, somebody could shoot up a Starbucks. Some like th- uh, anything could happen. We are literally like, sure, you can um, say that in some in certain places you're safer than other places. But, you know, what I mean, like, look at this virus, like this virus is like an amuse bouche of a uh of a of a real pandemic that could come along um from humans full on uh like t- using the earth as a piece of toilet paper and wiping our ass with it and as we like break down like the natural uh like let's say the living thing that is the earth that renews itself and sure there are diseases and stuff that are natural but like the earth does like having tr- not cutting down every single forest that exists and having clean air and not fucking poisoning our water supply and not doing those things like holistically makes every living thing healthier we keep doing that and we will have more pandemics and shit like this because it cuz we're we're basically just being like a festering hive of rodents that live in a, like, grain feed shitting in each other, like, shitting on top of each other, and then diseases form, and then there's no, like, it's just, um, it's, it's like a closed system. It's like when you have a fish tank and you don't have a filter on it. So, um... <clears throat> hell yeah, guys, thank you. Up top, a crazy 15-minute rant... And uh, you're welcome, guys, because we're talking about war. And one of the things about war is the war that we have in our own mind. You know, we do in America, and maybe if you're listening in Canada or whatever, you're living in relative peacetime. But why not use your idle mind to create a war? Maybe you can create a war with yourself. Not even with the ghosts of the things that piss you off from the internet because that's like really the go-to. The go-to thing when you're at peace and you have the opportunity to um, incrementally build your life and work hard at your goals and meditate on what can be improved and forgive yourself for what you failed at. You have this little machine where you can say, fuck all of that what can i create in my mind as the enemy as why i don't have what i want so you can always fight a war in your head with a phantom that you find on your phone pick any topic pick anything on your phone and obsess over it but what if you're if you're like me you can disengage from all of that and fight a war with yourself so not even thinking about outside um stimuli i'm just thinking about you yourself when you close your eyes when you close your eyes to the um the projection that your own mind throws upon the world because you only see the world as you see it you choose to see the things in the world because your mind through incremental learning and Experience seeks out the things in the world that your eyes project outward. You fill your entire life with those things. And then there are things that are right in front of you that you do not see. So when you close your eyes, you are alone with the world that you've accumulated inside of your brain. Why not fight a war with yourself against yourself? you can win. Let me show you how to do it. So everything that you do, you are also in opposition to. You want to be against yourself like the way, um, speaking of war, you want to be like the World War One German army, the who at who were a tougher army than the World War II German army. You want to go and think of all of your accomplishments, all of the things, all the people that you meet, all of the friendships, all of the um the things that you feel proud of, all of your talents, all of your abilities, and you want to scrutinize them. You wanna find where you can cut them off. Where are the limits? Where are the edges? And You will monitor those edges and not allow any of those. um, You will not allow any territory to be lost against yourself. And um, what happens is, since you're playing against yourself, your abilities, your talents, your ideas, you're going to have to fight harder to gain against your own scrutiny. And so what you'll be in is you'll be in like World war one you'll be on you'll have like a western front where you're you're gonna be trying to improve yourself you're gonna be trying to um like gain for your career or your artistic pursuit or whatever but then your own mind will be battling you every step of the way um, this is something that like I have in my own head, like I have this, what I'm describing to you is the war in my own head. I have often lived like this for years, but like for me, I think of everything as like a a battle. Um, I'm trying to like unlearn this pattern, but it's really difficult. It's actually uh, very um, absorbing. And uh, I don't know why. It's almost like within... The net like on like so it's like I, I, you play both sides like when you're feeling good when you're accomplishing something you have the the, the spirit like a uh, like a warm feeling about it. Maybe when somebody gives you a compliment uh, you, you get like a, a warm feeling but then I don't know what happens on the other side. It's like that's the daytime and then night falls and then for some reason it also feels good to cut yourself down to nothing to feel like you are not worthy you cannot do it for some reason when you're at war with yourself you feel like what if you defeat yourself what if you beat back your own hope and your own like uh uh exuberance and your own uh th- like the the force of your own life what if you beat that back all the way to like the other edge so like you've like you've gained territory against yourself sometimes for some reason that also feels warm it's weird so that's just something you, can, you guys can do that's something you can do you know you can always fight a war against yourself if you think that you've spent too much time fighting against the demons in the world why don't turn your uh turn your daggers against your own mind and your own soul. See how that goes. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's, it hasn't been working out for me in the last year. But on the other hand, it did work out for me in times prior. Um, they say you can be your own worst enemy. And especially when you're creative, you want to hone your abilities. And listen, sometimes... I see it a lot with like kids in arts in my art school. Like I see it, it's like they do a little thing, and they're like they know that they're better than maybe the kids at their school, so they get like a little bit of an ego. But it's like in order for them to be good, and I've seen this happen, they actually also have this mental, uh, this like, um, what is it like, this inner uh, thing that tells them they suck. And a lot of times, I try to defend themselves against that. I say, you know, you kind of need that there. You need that there because that's your arbiter of quality. You know that you're not going to be happy with, like, your first or second drafts of whatever it is because you you expect better for, from yourself. You know that you look at artwork that you'd like to be like, and you're not as good as that. And your mind says, listen, you have to... Work harder to get better at that. And left unchecked, it will destroy you. But you need to have it there to keep, your, to keep the fire under you. So anyways, I'm just... So that's... It's, we're talking about war. We haven't even gotten to the actual war. I wonder if anybody listening 23 minutes into this, um, into this episode thinks that I have any insight on Ukraine. And Russia. <laughs> um. What can I really say about um Ukraine and Eastern Europe and Russia and and um and the way that uh, people will use this war to make themselves sound smart or use the war to um to try to show everyone else that they have the right thoughts and not the wrong thoughts. doesn't matter what happens in the world. People will just use it on social media to like show their peers that they have the right attitude. Um, and I guess it doesn't really matter. If, you, if that's what you're doing, then, you know, you just like uh, give yourselves a round of applause. Because if that's if that's the where where your life is at then looks like you're doing all right like i mean if you had fucking if you had to like leave everything and be a refugee because you can no longer live where you're living and you have to find a way out of there um then you're then you're living in wartime if you're living in peacetime you're concerned with all like the stupid bullshit of um like everybody else you're living in peacetime and there's nothing there's there's really no problems. You make up the problems. You fight a war with the ghosts in your head or you fight a war with, um, you know, with yourself. But if you're in war, real war, man to man, then you have to fight a war against the forces that are trying to destroy you. And um, that sucks. That is, um, I don't know, like maybe read a book read a book about what that's like or you don't have to if this thing gets as bad as it's sort of promising maybe it won't maybe it'll fizzle out i always think that our society would much rather scroll the internet than fight a war but maybe when push comes to shove like we will go back to our natural state of being warriors being beasts because the world is a jungle and this is just a you know a battle like if you look at like a painting of like some era that we have no context of. Like for instance, you look at some uh, like the Mongols and they're fighting like in Poland because the Mongols took all the way from Mongolia all the way through Russia and they fucking conquered all the way to Poland. And if you think of like what that battle, what the, what the little skirmishes were like from like the 1300s in, in what, what is now Poland but was not Poland back then. And you just are like, well, well, what the fuck was that about? Well, just think of it as like ants. Think of it as like some type of a, a pack of a pack of wolves fighting another pack of wolves. Don't even it, what what context could you put it in? You want to fucking go back and think about what the the geopolitical context of the Mongols fighting some other fucking like uh, I don't know. It's it's like it it, it doesn't matter. It, it's from another planet. It might as well be science fiction. So that's what this is here now, and that's what every battle that has ever been fought if you really think that there is a righteousness of humanity on one side or the other and there are some type of good or bad people and you're on the good team or the bad people are on the bad team then yes there's there's definitely you can have a context like that when you um like i'm like i'm jewish so of course like i think of this thing in ukraine Right. And it's like, I just think of Fiddler on the Roof and being like, yeah, that's where Fiddler on the Roof happened. And, um, the, you know, when the Jews wanted to leave and became refugees, uh, nobody would, would allow them in. So it's pretty cool that, um, you know, that at least maybe these refugees will be allowed into another country because, you know, what if that were the case? What if it was like, you know what, the, the Ukrainians have a pox and they're not allowed to come in. And then they have to get on a boat and they have to fly they have to sail the seven seas and just find out. They go on a three hour tour. And then a tsunami hits and they end up on an island. And then it's um it's a it's a TV show. But um anyways, there's it's like it sucks. It's it's a it sucks, it's horrible, and um I wonder if if this whole thing will escalate, and then um I wonder if we'll 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 also be at war. That's a weird thought. It's a weird thought to like Imagine, um, you know, imagine uh, it just like this, let's say 70, let's see, 70, 77 was the end of, of Vietnam, 87, 97, 07, 17. So that's 40 years. So if, but what if, like, we, what if the whole world topples into... War, like full war, where there is where, where we all have to fight and they blow up. Like, well, you think they would blow up New York? That would be sad. New York is, um, is one of those cities that, like, I mean, they bombed London in, um, in uh, World War Two That was, that was not nice, but uh, I don't know, you know, imagine, imagine, well, they, you know, uh, we had the World Trade Center come down, but that was just one, bu- that was just two buildings you know i'm talking about like an actual thing to like change the city forever that would be terrible but why is it why is it that humans when you talk to people even the way i notice myself talking now on this podcast why is it that people love to tease apocalypse um it could be that just like this peacetime idea that we just want to create a fantasy of the world but i wonder why like in the last 10 years like that show like there were so many zombie apocalypse shows that were on and um it's like to make a zombie apocalypse show you have to really fantasize about the end of society and some of these zombie shows they romanticize that idea they're like there's something poetic about it. Even my favorite book, which is, uh, you know, The Overstory by Richard Powers. Even my favorite book, like, it talks about how we're on a one-way track to destroying the planet. And when we do that, we're going to be living in a type of hell. And there's a weird, like, um, I mean, it's not positive. But on the other hand, it's like, it's like... Um, okay, there's this idea that comes, I think, from ancient Greece and it's called Amor fati, and it says the love of fate and I may be explaining it completely wrong but it's like the a metaphorical reaching out that life has for death and it's like For instance, in order to, like if you have a kid and like they want to live, right? And what do they want to do? They want to like run as fast as they can and they want to like ride their bike and they want to take a plane to, uh, to, and they want to be a sports hero and they want to like do all these things and all of these things will like could lead to them breaking an arm or getting hurt or, you know, living their life is, is, um, you know, you live your life toward uh, chaos, right? And um, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, like, it's a more fatigue that we sort of are always, like, reaching out into the darkness. We're always, like, teasing. We're teasing the um, apocalypse. And maybe that's why... Uh, maybe that's why this, like we we in our in the um in peacetime we like create these uh these uh fantasies of apocalypse or something like that but you know what mm-hmm. i could be totally wrong and listen doing a podcast especially a podcast by myself um i have to just uh i have to just keep seeing if there's anything there in the in as i talk the words go up into a little soup above me and through synesthesia i try to see the colors of those words and i try to see if there's any harmonic overlays and then maybe i'll pick out another idea but and and sometimes i can't and sometimes it just looks like it's just like looks like soup and i can't see anything in there so that's that's going to be part of my mas- my master class about how to do a um relatively unsuccessful podcast Uh, that'll be the first class of of the uh, word soup synesthesia so cool cool great um but back to but back to a war right well actually maybe i think i i think i did a half an hour on war and i think that it was i'm going to say that the way it feels as i speak into this microphone i'm going to give it frogs I'm going to give it frogs because I don't think I did totally bad, but I don't think that I did good either. I will hopefully that rant was everything you wanted it to be. Um, Let's look at some of the other suggestions and, um, and uh, yeah, and we'll, and we'll, we'll answer them. Okay. So, so uh, let's just say, thank you so much uh, for the people who suggested war. Um, and let's go to the next suggestion uh, which is what are my three favorite types of cheese hell yes yes you know what because i agree and that's that suggestion is from matata um, you know what this is true war such a you know a, a weighty topic well, let's talk about cheese which is not as a hev- not as heavy a topic to talk about. Of course, also, you know, I think that like if you eat too much cheese, it feel it feels heavy. It can feels feel heavy to digest so much cheese, but it's much less heavy uh, in terms of the um the the weight of a conversation. Um, okay, so cheeses, guys. so are you guys into cheese? Are you lactose intolerant? I'll tell you something I. I'm not lactose intolerant. I I enjoy cheese on foods. I've heard that like Olympic athletes cannot eat cheese because they're concerned about their body mass index and it throw, and cheese throws off your body mass index. In fact, if you're eating cheese then you're like that's some peace that's peacetime living. I would say the people in the Olympics are, are in war with themselves, a similar war like I was talking about, but like a more physical war where they are fighting against their own youth and their own youth holds the key to the success to winning the war, winning the Olympics. But in order to do that, they have to like be really brutal to their own bodies. Um, but there's a reason because their own bodies uh, are getting stronger and that is an equation that does not have cheese in it. But this subject that I'm talking about does have cheese in it. So let's talk about the cheeses that I like. Um, I'm going to say cheddar. Cheddar is one of the greatest cheeses of all time. Shout out Vermont. Shout out upstate New York. Um, shout out Wisconsin. Three great American states that do cheese, do cheddar cheese amazingly. Um, you know, I live in New York, so. Uh, you know, Vermont, ch- Vermont cheddar is often found in the um, the supermarkets here. I'm thinking of cabot cheese. Cabot is a brand of cheese in New York, and it's from Vermont. And, you know, who knows where in Vermont? If you've ever been to Vermont, I'll tell you something about Vermont. So I think it's like the zoning laws. I'm not sure what it is. But when you drive around Vermont on the the highways, there's no advertisements for anything. Like you don't see billboards for like a resort or a hotel chain or anything in Vermont. It literally lo- just looks like rolling hills of green and the most subtle Helvetica s signages that are all like perfectly subtle and designed. And it's like five miles to like um, cabot, or something, or like the, or like twenty-five miles to the Ben and Jerry's headquarters, or something like that. Um, but there's no billboards for stuff, and I wonder if that's, if that if that's. I think I like to attribute that to Bernie Sanders, who is the king of Vermont, and he, I believe, he said that it was wrong for the billionaires to be able to put up um, signs uh, everywhere, and then. You know the the people who own businesses were like, you know, we're not billionaires. We just want to know if we could put a billboard up for like a a a splash mountain who that we're building in in uh, Burlington, Vermont. And he's like, no, he's like, no, I don't want empty, and I'm at a war with the billionaires. And then that's you know, I mean, listen, doing a doing a, a Bernie Sanders is a passe accent. And if I was a smarter guy, I would have um not done anything original, but I would have. Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders impression and perhaps I would have been a more successful quote comedian quote unquote but um yes yeah, so so but Bernie Sanders uh, is from Vermont and and good cheese is from Vermont and there are no sign there are no signs like advertising stuff in Vermont just giving you an idea of the purest the, the, the purism or not the purism the purity purity pure the pure nature of it the pure what's the word I'm looking for damn it uh the the, the uh it's like puritanism puritanism puritanical way that they treat things in in um in vermont because you know vermont is liberal but they're come from puritan people so they're like they're like liberal people but they have very like strict actually they're kind of like the people of now who are like they 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 like they're very um hard edge you could say they're like um they're like puritans but for uh for certain things so Whereas that might be that might be a little dicey socially, it's good for cheese, and that's why if I'm going to have to say where's the best cheddar cheese, it's going to be Vermont. Vermont has the better cheese. Okay, best cheddar cheese. Second best cheese is um uh, we got to think of I got to think of two more types of cheese here. Um, oh, obviously Swiss cheese. Now here's the thing. I don't know if Swiss cheese is made in Vermont. I think probably. I think Vermont has all different types of cheeses. I'm gonna say that I'm pretty sure. You know, if you're if you work for Cabot Farms, um, then I bet you they have like, you know, they have their cheddar cows. They have their, they have their, um, you know, Monterey Jack cows. They have their fucking. Um, Swiss cheese cows and all the different cows make different types of milk that comes into the different type of cheese. So um yeah, I'm pretty sure that but you know the thing about Swiss cheese is people think that the whole there are holes in there. But and now I'm I might blow your mind with this thing, but the Swiss cheese is actually bubbles. Because I think that what's the difference between Swiss cheese and cheddar cheese is that um I think that you need to have like a bu- you need to have bubbles blow you need to blow bubbles into the cheese. You have to, like for instance when the cheese is still milk, you need to like have a, a some bunch of straws inside the milk and it's blowing bubbles. And then when the cheese when the milk freezes into cheese, the bubbles are caught inside. So then when you cut the cheese, it looks like holes, but it's actually little circles. So all right, so Then the third type of cheese, and I think I'm and it's not going to be Monterey Jack cheese because I don't like Monterey Jack cheese. I don't like cheese with peppers in it. I don't understand how that happens. Um, I I don't know if they use a big uh, pepper grater and they pour it on top of the cow milk. But regardless, not interested. Um, I think that. You know, see, here's the thing. Um, there's, you know, you want to have cheese and then you want to put, so let's say you're having, and by the way, and, and by the way, I know this is not, this part of this, this part of the podcast is, sounds really stupid, but we got to finish it because somebody asked me about what type of cheeses are, but, so we're going to finish this part. And I know this sound, it sounds dumb already, um, but we got to keep going. Okay. So. We're trying to think about what's the thir- what's the third type of cheese, and we're we're saying Monterey Jack cheese is not allowed. The reason is is because Monterey Jack cheese is what I call a poser type of cheese because it's trying to be Spanish or something. It's trying to be Latin, but it's like no, you know what? I'd rather just put the cheddar cheese on there and then put hot sauce on that. I don't want the hot sauce to be peppers that are inside of the cheese. I think that's unnecessary. So we got cheddar cheese, and we got um Swiss cheese, right? And our third type of cheese is not. And let me tell you, it's not going to be. It's not going to be American. American cheese sucks. And I'm not saying that because I'm one of these people that's like a self-hating American who thinks everything American is bad. I am saying that because American cheese is actually not good. It's actually especially. Like that, it comes in slices like that. Sucks, and it's like it's like you can rip it apart. American cheese is just as bad as vegan cheese, which is also gross. Monterey Monterey Jack cheese, um, American cheese, vegan cheese, all cheeses that honestly I would like to see the cheese. I would like to see cheddar and Swiss cheese go to war with those cheeses, and honestly. I would probably donate to arms against American and Swiss and um, Monterey Jack cheese and vegan cheese. It's very weird, though, because it's almost like if American cheese and vegan cheese got together with Monterey Jack cheese to fight Swiss cheese and cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese and Swiss cheese are really like the big dog cheeses. They're really the big cheeses. Would it be like. Are American cheese and vegan cheese and Monterey Jack cheese the underdog cheeses? And should, and should we consider them kind of like the, like the Ukraine in this situation and the cheddar cheese and Swiss cheese are like Russia and China? I hope not. Because I would like, if we're going to fight a war against cheeses, then I would like it to be based on how the cheese tastes and not the implications to size and quality that there that we're going to make judgments about to try to side with because yes i mean i would imagine cheddar cheese to be like a gigantic block of cheddar cheese the size of russia and then well no no because swiss cheese would be in switzerland so that doesn't really and so we get out of jail and so that's our get out of jail free card we we have saved we've saved the metaphor we're not going to go even though american cheese that would be equal to america and vegan cheese it would also be American because we have a lot of people in America who are like the vegan cheese version of Americans. And listen, no problem there. It's okay. We ha- we're really going to have to live in harmony. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to take those two shitty cheeses, American and vegan cheese, and we're going to put them in a grinder and then throw the whole thing out because both of those cheeses are gross. And that is how I feel about both the right and left sides of America. So the third cheese that we're going to put on the in the list is obviously nacho cheese, um, which the weird thing is nacho cheese. I've never seen a block of nacho cheese. I've only seen nacho cheese shredded. Um, And I'm like thinking like, how does it happen? Like how, how does the cheese, how does nacho cheese freeze in this in separately? Like why is it, why does it only exist in shreds? Whereas, the other cheeses freeze like most normal cheeses, which they they freeze in cubes. So, guys, if you want to suggest um, me to do more research and find out why that happens, I'm game. I'm game for that. But we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, but those are the top three types of cheeses, which are cheddar cheese, Swiss cheese, and nacho cheese. So thank you so much, Matata. And um, let's get another suggestion on the board. Uh, let, This suggestion is going to come from uh, a longtime friend of the show. Actually, I've never met him, uh, but he is a friend of the show because he's a real f- fan of the podcast, of which I hope, you know, I, I don't know the listenership of this show because, as you know, I'm at war with my own mind. And I've had quite a mental breakdown over the last few months. And um, and listen, that's just you're you're getting to. You're getting to hear my own um as I go through it. You're getting to be here as I go through it. So that's just what it is. But anyway, uh, yes, so uh, this podcast has been like the fallout from that. I won, I fought a battle against myself and won. and then the collateral damage was my grading animals' consistent uh, posting. And then the my minds as a refugees has escaped. And started a podcast to try to survive. And it's broadcasting out into the universe to see where the other grating animals refugees are. And then maybe we can collectively return. And um, and then we'll maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to find maybe we'll have to find our own world, our own country, so that we can settle there. And that my mind is not allowed to come there because it's trying to kill them. So, all right. So this suggestion comes from Richie Rich has been asking me a bunch, and I've constantly been ignoring his questions. But he's always asking me, "Where's, where's the bitches and hoes?" He wants me to know. He wants me to tell him and and tell the the general public of this podcast where the bitches or hoes be at. And I haven't answered him because I'm like, I don't know where the bitches and hoes are. I mean. I mean, I guess, I mean, listen, where are, let's break that down. The, the bitches and hoes and where are they at? Um, you know, it's like, you know, I remember bitches and hoes being a, a thing that like is sort of descended out from hip hop where like, uh, where like, it's like, I was like 11 years old and, uh, The Chronic by Dr. Dre came out and um, then it was like, oh, all of a sudden, like in my suburban, uh, my suburban uh, uh, life, all of a sudden now, like this new context of uh, bitches and hoes are are like a thing. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I guess I don't necessarily know. I, I like hadn't been thinking of I hadn't been thinking of girls my age. At the opposite sex, and I hadn't been thinking of them as in terms of that they were bitches and hoes, which, like, to be honest, I definitely did think of them as bitches um, because just by the nature of being a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy, a lot of the interactions you have with girls your own age is that they're being bitches to you because, um, you know, that's the thing. The battle of the sexes is a type of war. And the ground game is played through being a bitch or women being bitches to guys and guys being assholes to girls. And that's the way the battle is fought. Um, and then, uh, you know, then like when the the tactics of love come into play, then it becomes a full on a full scale total war. But, um, yeah, so then I mean, it's like and then you listen to then you start listening to hip hop a little more and you're like oh yeah yeah oh that's just that's just our pet name for the for women bitches and hoes being like bitches if you're uh if if they're not if they're being bitches to you and and i guess hoes if they're being nice to you and possibly are sleeping with you but the paradigm is nothing i could ever uh, really um embody uh just because um maybe because I had not had like an adversarial, first of all, I did not have very many uh, relationships in general, and then I was lucky to have um, uh, positive experiences in the beginning, and then I went and I, I had a girlfriend, uh, I had girlfriends, pretty steady relationships, and then I went for a period of almost 10 years with no female contact. And it was really uh, weird. But even in that time, like I wasn't pursuing people. I never pursued people. I never pursued anyone. Some may say that that's um, a bad idea. Some may say that humankind are like any other animal and you have to um, compete with the other animals of your species. Um, for resources, for mates, for um for like a, like a, what are you more? Just for more, for territory on the board. And if you decide not to play the game, then you forfeit, you forfeit a lot of the um a lot of your opportunity. Because life is to fight, to fight in life. You have to compete. So my advice for where are the bitches and hoes. Um, Richie Rich 4288. Uh, my my advice, if you want me to suggest or to tell you where they are, um, well, I will say that when you look upon the world, you are projecting on the world your own internal perception of it. You're not even seeing the world for what it is, you're seeing the world as your own mind throws it up on the screen of your eyes. And if you, um, are not seeing any women, then maybe it's not, maybe that you're, maybe like your, um, the filter that you're filtering your world through is like off or something like that. So, um, really, I just wanted to bring that up just to try to find that, that callback. So, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, listen, I feel a little guilty about it, but it felt good at the time. Um, things that feel good at the time are, I think, maybe the key to um, to filling your life with, uh, with ways to beat the negative aspect of your mind from winning, because... Um, uh, one of the things i'm trying to do uh, do for myself now is not be so brutal to myself i'm trying to like i'm trying to like uh, uh uh be happier um certain sometimes i'm like uh i'm on a path that's like not working for me and um and like i don't know how to get off it so one of the things that i'm doing is i'm trying to think about what what are the simple things that make me happy, and um, and maybe they don't even have to do with anything. Maybe they're just, um, maybe they, they're like, uh, like they're, Let's say that the let's say that the the internal projection of the world that you throw upon the screen of your eyes um, is a video game, right? And it's all pre-programmed, so you're going to go about your routine as you would, and you're going to be making the choices that only you, your own computer, could make. But then, sometimes in the world, the world of this video game that you're playing, that you're living, sometimes there will be something, a novelty, that will appear that wasn't in the game yesterday, wasn't in the game the day before, but it's a new thing. And maybe that thing is there because you um you willed it into existence but also it might come from outside stimuluses because as we know the world is as it is not as the way we perceive it to be and so maybe a new thing that you can interact with and find enjoyment from it could be good now of course like it it, it, i i think this usually will work unless it is our sponsor fentanyl don't do if the thing that you find in your world that's a novelty is fentanyl don't we're taking a stand here at uh the world according to Jake Capson saying we're now against fentanyl don't do fentanyl it's actually bad and will kill you and you know one of the main things is to try to win the war against your mind and not capitulate and lose um so yeah no what i mean is like maybe you should be open to uh possibility maybe the thing that you find will be uh and that you might might enjoy is just something simple and fun like even like like a like a like a, a store that has <laughs> has something that you're interested in or like a coffee shop that like has a like a, a little snack for you to enjoy or maybe um just by happen by happenstance you meet a person that you never knew before and like um you know but like if you are not like if you're not open to it and if you're not like open to uh what it, what the possibility of it could be then um then maybe you won't even see it in the first place because you know you're only uh living through your own uh skewed perception and listen if you have the ability to have to to find those novelties in your life then you should count your blessings because that means you're probably living in a world in peacetime and uh, not in a world at war, and that's something that you should just be thankful for because you never know you never know what world you'll wake up to tomorrow. you never know uh you, everything is a everything is a chance and um anyways, hope you guys are having fun. I know there aren't that many suggestions, but um you know, uh, I don't know who's listening to the show. I haven't been getting much. I, You know, I have like allegedly 6,000 followers or something, but sometimes my stories only go out to 60 people. And if you don't think that's some type of internet throttling, then I think that's, uh, that's not how that machine should work. But it And yet it's how it works. So what can you do, guys? Anyway, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you listened to this far and want to help uh, me... Join the Patreon. You'll get an extra episode every week, and if enough of you guys join, then I'll start making grading animals episodes. I will even say that if the Patreon goes up to five hundred dollars a month, I'll start doing episodes again. Uh, you got to understand that um, I have to also feel like I'm being taken care of, and um, you know, if if I I I stopped also because I'm like, oh, nobody gives a nobody gives a shit about this thing that I make, and um. I, I put almost I made almost a hundred episodes, so if it's done, it's done. But uh, you know, and you move on. So, thank you so much for listening. I uh, love you guys, and talk to you soon.